Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Water Trio. I'm here with my dear friends and colleagues, Cassandra Tyndall and Kelly Surtees, for all the astrology updates from the 26th of October through until the 8th of November. So we're slowly kind of grinding away at some of the trickier months in the year. Um, we're slowly working our way out of that area. Um where do we start first? I think we're starting with Mercury retrograding back into Libra, uh, same day, almost the same time as Venus moves into Libra too. So who's going to start talking about that? Cass, do you want to tell us about Libra since it's a sign that's so good for you? <laughs> it goes all right. Yeah, so um, what I do like about this, I mean, granted, uh, Mercury is still retrograde at this point. But what we've got here is our planet of communication, Mercury, and the planet of you know, peace, love, and harmony. You know, we've got two planets coming together in a sign that really wants to negotiate, that really wants to like strike a deal or, you know, get things happening. And so Mercury's right at the end of the sign and Venus is just at the beginning. So they're not like aspecting each other, you know, mm -hmm. in that respect, but they're sharing space. And so it kind of shows that there's some type of deal that can come together or maybe situations around money or maybe the what was, you know, frustrating or tension-inducing around the Mercury retrograde gets a little bit of, you know, sugar sprinkled on top or you, you might come into being able to strike a deal or even just, you know, going back over conversations with a loved one or being able to, hey, you said this, but I need to check up on that or, you know, those kind of things. So there's a sense of things maybe not fully coming together, but at least there's some kind of common ground that is workable. What are your thoughts, Kel? Uh, look, I have different thoughts. Um, and, 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 Sorry, I've got to like clarify my words, how very Mercury retrograde of me. Um, it's not that I, 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 I don't even know what I'm trying to say, so I'll just try and be clear. <laughs> oh my God, so Mercury retrograde. I have different thoughts about each planet is where I was going there. I really like Venus coming into Libra. This is a massive dignity change. Venus is in fall in Virgo and in rulership in Libra. So it's great to have a planet back on solid ground. And I should say it's great to have a benefic planet back in, you know, a good sign. Now, mm. life for Libra, for Venus in Libra is not perfect, but at least she's got, you know, full access to all of her talents or resources. She might have to deploy them, you know, to deal with issues that she'd rather not address, but at least she is now working at full capacity. So I'm, I, I totally understand Venus in Libra is not perfect. The first part of Venus in Libra, she's in this long application to Mars retrograde. And so, you know, there's a sense of some negotiations are required. I really liked what you said, Cass, about revisiting old conversations because with it's like Venus is coming in the front door of Libra. Mercury is kind of just ducking back in the back doors. He forgot something, you know, he left prematurely. And so with Mercury coming back into Libra, it feels like revisiting a negotiation or a discussion that was kind of left incomplete or not fully resolved from back in September. And when I think about Libra as a sign that's focused on justice and fairness and equality, I do think some topics of conversations to do with where things are unequal or unfair are likely to be back on the table at this point in time. 
maybe with slightly potential for better results or maybe some more welcome progress, given that Mercury moving from being retrograde in Scorpio, where it's ruled by Mars, coming into Libra, where it's now retrograde but being ruled by Venus, and Venus is in Libra, it really does change the tone or the tenor of the Mm. conversation. And to have Mercury you know, being ruled by Mars where it's more adversarial um, to Mercury being ruled by Venus, which is a little bit more inclined to collaborate or to find a middle ground. And look, it's hard to speculate what this will mean on a collective level, but certainly at a personal level, being able to find like, oh, we can agree on this or we can focus on that, or I'm prepared to meet you halfway around this topic. So I think that sense of of creating some progress. Um, It's really interesting to have two planets enter the same sign on the same day, but just from different directions. Mm. And it's totally, it's going to be quite a big mood shift, I think think, you know, mindset and, you know, the way we're interacting with others, you know, Tuesday, the 27th of October, quite a lot of things are changing. What about you, Leish? Yeah, Yeah, I agree with everything both of you have said. And I think, um, so that's Wednesday, the 28th of October here in in Australia, Australia, that's happening. And it's literally happening within, well, I've got it down, happening within seven minutes of each other. Very, very Um, close together. So, and I like, you know, the the grace that Venus adds Mm. to all of this being in Libra. It's like the queen coming back home to her kingdom. So everybody's doing the right thing, you know, because the queen's in the building. And also one of the things I love about Libra is is the idea of the consensus model. It's Mm. like, okay, let's check in with everybody. Let's see what everybody has to say. Listen to all the voices. And it may take time and it may feel slow, especially with this Mercury retrograde in that time, in that space. But it's this sense of just take the time because Mm. you, when we listen to all the voices, there's a richness and the tapestry that can be woven from this place that isn't there when it's just a single voice hammering something home, which is a bit of what Mars retrograde in Aries has been about. Um, I think as well, you know, for everyone kind of going, but isn't Libra a cardinal sign and isn't this all bad news? Do remember that when Mercury retrogrades back, and we'll talk about this soon, he's not coming into the full crunch. He's really only touching the edge of it, which is that Saturn. So Mm. he's not coming into Pluto. He's actually not going to oppose Mars again. He's just going to come to Saturn and then move forward again. So it isn't as intense, as deep and as heavy um, as it potentially could be. It's not like he's moving into a totally besieged position with all of this. So and just re, you know, it's something that happened with my daughter actually last time um, Mercury moved through this position is there was lies being told about a certain thing. And when I went to the school counsellor to ask about it, he said, don't talk about it like lies. Just talk about it like you said this, I'm seeing this, this is confusing. And just kind mm. of present it factually, take the emotion out of it. And I think this is the beauty of Mercury moving out of Scorpio and into this Libra and air sign is that if we can present things without the emotion, you know, more on a logical reasoned level of this air sign, it helps others digest it and it helps others meet us in that place too. So that's what I'd add in as well. Yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So 
from here, we are moving into that full moon on the, it's the 1st of November here in Australia, um, very early in the morning. So I think it's 30th of November. Uh, 31st. 31st. So this is Halloween. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> pretty much everywhere in so, the world. So let, let, I just want to say one thing on that. <laughs> if it wasn't a pandemic and if it wasn't a US election year, <laughs> We're having a full moon on Halloween. Everyone would be having a party and planning costumes. Like it would be a totally different kind of thing to a full moon, you know, just a few days before an election in the US in the middle of a pandemic. Like I'm just thinking, what would we have said about this last year versus what we're going <laughs> to say this year is totally different. Because wasn't it like a retro, uh, Mercury retrograde station on Halloween last year? Yeah, yes. I think so. In Scorpio? Yeah, I think mm. so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. this is birthday season for me and I remember it happening right around my birthday. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Happy um, birthday, Leishy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm almost a witch. Um, almost. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so, yeah, thoughts. What are the thoughts on this full moon? Um, right on Uranus, like a hello what is going to be up with the surprises and the potential intensity of this of this full moon? Cast, you wanna go? <laughs> I was so ineloquent before. <laughs> um yeah, well again, you can't really <laughs> talk about it out of this 2020 thing. Like if it wasn't a 2020 year, I'd be thinking, yeah, all the lollies I'm going to eat and all the tourist food. And I'm just probably going to just go to town, but maybe I still will. But yeah, I definitely think like this is kind of perhaps going to emphasize maybe, you know, where Mercury's been the last couple of, you know, over the retrograde phase, the moon is going to come, spotlight Uranus. You know, this is going to be shocks, surprises, volatility, and maybe some disruptions in the part of your life you sort of really expect to be the most stable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's just so many things going on with this lunation. It's just so tight. And the idea is maybe don't have too many hard and fast plans. You know, don't expect that things are going to turn out the way that you thought that they were going to turn out. You know, just all of those classic Uranus pieces, I think are going to be really um, important under this lunation to consider as well. Um, and maybe like just check your peephole before you open the door to trick or treaters so you know who you're opening the door to would be a practical word of advice potentially. I mean, already on the interwebs in my local area, people are starting, you know, we're, we obviously record these episodes a little bit in advance and people are already starting to like message on the community Facebook groups. Oh, are people doing trick-or-treating this year? Because I guess like mm. from the social etiquette perspective, like should we be doing that? Like, you know, it's, it's weird anyway, encouraging your children to take lollies from strangers when it's what we always tell them not to do. So there's that element there. But now in the pandemic circumstances, it's like, you know, we don't really want, you know, kids going up to people's homes. And it's just this other level of especially with Taurus, the physical body and what's safe, what's secure, what's solid, like, and the social etiquette, you know, the ruler of, 
uh, this lunation in its own sign? Like what is the right or fair thing to do that still honours the spirit of the season but maybe awareness of boundaries and things like that too? It's just it's a very complicated lunation in my opinion. What do you think, Kel? I mean, it is definitely complicated. I think the whole Uranus in Taurus cycle is just like a contradiction in terms to start with because, Mm -hmm. you know, as you said, Cass, Taurus is the one part of our charts and our lives where we kind of can usually rely on to stabilize, to calm, to ground, to nourish, to center us. But with Uranus in Taurus, Uranus is the planet of shocks and surprises and the unexpected and things being unstable or inconsistent or erratic. And, you know, Uranus and Taurus are just like polar opposites that they're not equal to each other. And so there's a lot of, you know, adjustments that is going on just with the general Uranus in Taurus vibe. And to have a full moon conjunct Uranus, like this is a spotlight. This is like, okay, let's just, you know, explode Uranus to make it bigger. And so we're going to get a lot more Uranus over this weekend. It's really telling to me that it's a full moon on a Saturday night. I think that's quite striking in and of itself. You know, people doing things that are out of character or acting in maybe more reckless kind of ways. You know, I can imagine this full moon conjunct Uranus has this like risk-taking quality, but I don't think it's a great idea to take crazy risks particularly with your physical body, if you like. I can imagine Mm. the full moon on Uranus has a lot to do with this idea of freedom. You know, what does freedom look and feel like to you? Uh, Do you have freedom and do you want to get involved in supporting more freedom for others? So there's a real sense of like shaking up status quos or challenging norms or social, you know, whatever the status quo is, it's like, well, is that the best way? And to your point, Cass, or I think it was Cass, about the full moon is ruled by Venus and Libra. So it's about changing things to create more fairness and equality for people. And there's very strong feminine themes. You know, historically, mm. cycles to do with Uranus and Taurus have led to innovations in technologies that have given more freedoms to the, the females or the female-identified individuals in society. And so I'm interested to see how that sort of feminine freedom theme comes out over this weekend. Uh, and then I think, you know, Halloween, Day of the Dead, this time of year, whether you're alternative in your religious orientation or your spiritual orientation or your kind of mainstream, because even in the Catholic faith, this late October, early November period is all about celebrating rituals to do with with the dead. And Mm. it's interesting to me to have a full moon right in the middle of that in terms of how do we need to be you know, learning things or seeing things, all that full moon illumination to do with ancestry or those that we've loved and lost and buried and things like that. So it feels like it's very meaty. There's a lot of layers to it. The full moon's going to happen around, was it, eight degrees in Taurus. And then we're going to have, you know, a day and a half of the moon being quite big and full still in Taurus. So I think the full moon technically Saturday in North America or the Northern Hemisphere, Sunday in Australia, Southern Hemisphere. But I think it's really going to flavor the week weekend and probably a little bit into Monday as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's really big. It's really big. And I think, you know, one simple way to look at this is, and for many people, especially those in America, is, is having to really change up how you do your Halloween celebrations, you know, what it looks like doing it at home. I know people are talking about doing, you know, Halloween parties over Zoom, um, trick or treating in that way. And, and just looking at different alternatives to be able to do this. But um, I think that for many, whoever, whatever your 
Uranus in Taurus story has been. For those that have had the cardinal crunch going on, but the fixed signs, this is this is coming up for you. This is where this is really putting some emphasis on you and giving the cardinal signs a bit of a break. There's this sense of, okay, where is it that you've been trying to get access to your authenticity? It's like because this is opposite, you know, the sun's in Scorpio right now, we're in the middle of Scorpio season. I always normally love this Taurus full moon because it's the antidote to the the intensity and the digging of Scorpio season. And this is usually, okay, let's have a break, let's come up, let's be in the moment. But this doesn't offer that because it's got that Uranus almost anxiety and restlessness. So, I just think it's a sense of actually going back to the Scorpio side of things and going, okay, where is this restlessness pointing to me that I need to change, that I need to go underneath, that I need to discover where the friction lies and, and what's causing it? What's Where am I not being me? Where am I not showing up? And sitting with that and being with that and allowing the, that change to happen. I think, you know, Kelly, you talked about this way back, the, the bend so you don't break of this Uranus in Taurus energy. So, if you can get to the root of that issue using this Scorpio season, then it will help this very emotional, like full moons are always emotional, but this adds that extra edge of anxiety into it with Uranus there. It doesn't, if, if you're sitting in your emotions, physically in your body and you're with them and you're processing them, then it helps you not be overcome or overwhelmed by the anxiety of this, if that makes sense. So yeah, I guess that's the extra thing I'd add into all the beautiful points you both made super interesting. It's it's a biggie. Um, I'm trying to think about what could be really lovely about this full moon in Taurus. And it might be some, like, uh, because I do think about the moon being in Taurus, you know, and that being, a, like, when the moon is exalted. And mm. so being in nature or taking time to cook food from scratch or doing something mm. tangible, like, you know, either having a massage or rubbing your partner's feet or getting your kids to give you a shoulder rub, something where there's the tactile sensory components of Taurus. And that yeah. could be helpful for grounding and calming if you do get any of the surprises. I always think with Uranus that when Uranus is really active, we get this sense of changes that lead to freedom. You know, the changes or the surprises of Uranus are not meant to just be like, ah, gotcha. You know, they're, mm. they're actually sort of intended to stimulate a change in thinking or a change in behavior or a change in experiences that ultimately give you more freedom going forward. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, and when I'm dealing with clients, I'm like, Uranus isn't doing what it's doing to, you know, irritate you or to make your life really bad particularly in the sign of Taurus, you know, it, it is, I think, the most fixed and rigid of all of the signs and it's just shaking up certain routines or way of doing things that have become stuck or stagnant. So when they're, they're being shook up, um, whatever is remaining is the only thing that's really worth enduring or holding on to or you know things will only be like I often use the analogy of an earthquake and while it's devastating and all the things you know once the earthquake is done and the dust settles only those structures that are still standing mm. were worth were worth being you know were worth it anyway because everything else just would have crumbled under that and of course that can sometimes bring some devastation and pain and loss and things like that but 
when it comes to the rebuild, you get to rebuild everything even stronger and more and mm. reinforce than what it was before. And so this lunation may, um, you know, kind of like really spotlight if you are going through some personal Uranus and Taurus transits where some of those uh, situations in your own life might be presenting. Mm. And, you know, I, I'll admit, you know, some of my Taurus parts will like to dig my heels in and just be like, I don't want to change or I don't want to do things differently. Um, but this lunation might shine that light and you may not necessarily have that choice, which sometimes is a very Uranus thing too, because if you don't choose the change, then the change chooses you. And that's where we don't have that feeling of control or stability, which what Taurus really does hold on to quite ferociously. Yeah, totally. It feels like that process of, you know, like Glennon Doyle talking about being untamed or, you know, a lot of people are talking about rewilding, you know, coming back to how we're meant to be and not living a social construct, especially those of a, those of us of the feminine gender or who, who relate to being feminine. It's like we're so used to doing that Venus, be polite, do everything nice, and it almost feels like this full moon can be a chance to go, you know what, I'm doing something for me and just that suits me and not that's all about being nice to everybody else. So, yeah. bit like the wildling from Game of Thrones, you could unleash that, like, spirit within you under this lunation. I know you girls didn't watch it. No, I read the I read the books, but like so yeah. long ago, like in the nineties when the books came out or something. Um, but I have read Untamed as well, and I think it's that concept of like rewilding and the inner tiger, and you know, there's some beautiful quotes in that book. Um, yeah, really powerful. Yeah, yeah. Even the concepts of Untamed. Yeah, like how we. Um, what I was putting a, a little bit of domesticated, yeah, or? like domesticated. And I was like, even when I was putting a little bit of makeup on this morning, I was like, what, what's wrong with just like showing up with, you know, some age marks or whatever. And then, you know, it's just really, it's all of those little things that you may not realize you do to tone down or disguise or diffuse instead of mm. just showing up in the fullness of like, you know, the wildness of who you are. I think that wildness of Uranus, that's what makes me a little curious and a little excited about this full moon conjunct Uranus, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So, we'll see. from there, yeah, we'll see. So, from there, we're heading into Mercury stationing direct. So, this the is The end happening. of Mercury retrograde. Yay. So, this is happening on the 3rd of November um, everywhere. So thoughts and that's on not this. an important date or anything. <laughs> nah, it's probably someone we know's birthday. <laughs> thoughts on Mercury stationing direct <sighs> and stationing direct. It's quite Saturn. Is it relieving? I don't know. Like you know what I mean. Like normally the station is a little bit well can be the most intense part, but at least you know it's over. Mm. Especially the second station. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like the fact that there's crickets might be an example of Mercury <laughs> stationing square Saturn. Yeah. I mean, like I know Mercury is ending its retrograde on the 3rd, which is important, and then, you know, the classic sense of cross wires or not having all the information, things start to come forward in the days after that. 
But for me, it really is that that square, that protracted kind of drawn mm. out square to Saturn it's that catches out. my attention. Mm. Um, and that like Mercury Saturn is thoughtful consideration. It's detailed research. It's caution when it comes to choices. It's diligence when it comes to submitting paperwork, for instance. And so, you know, for me personally, it feels like doing some heavy, deep thinking about structure and long-term plans and moving pieces on a chessboard where you're trying to organize and consolidate, like, you know, to the extent that you might've felt you've gotten a bit scattered or a bit disorganized, Mercury Saturn can be a time to try and put things back into some sort of manageable form or structure. Um, Whenever I think of Mercury Saturn, I always think of my dad who has Mercury Saturn conjunct and, you know, he would notoriously read the newspaper with a red pen when we were growing up and he would correct grammar mistakes in the newspaper. (laughs) Saturday Herald, Sydney Morning Herald. He Honestly, I'd be like, oh, Dad, you've read this paper. Should I submit these to the editor for your feedback? (laughs) And... You know, we were we were often asked when we were kids, like, how are you? And, you know, you'd often just say, oh, we're good. Yeah, we're great. And the correct grammatically proper answer to how are you is we are I'm well. well, thank well. you. Yeah. So the rules of language are really important to my daddy-o. And he taught us that. He taught us how to speak properly. And, you know, we were always you know, given feedback if we were umming and ahhing too much, you know, and I've, I've received a lot of positive comments as an adult that I am able to speak quite well without too, too many ums and ahs. I'm not perfect, but that had a lot to do with how I was raised. And so the rules of language, the rules of engagement, the rules of doing business, these are all Mercury Saturn things. So that idea of regulation, do we all agree on the regulations? Do we want to change the regulations? Uh, So it's that idea of like structure and form and it's, it's definitely dotting I's and crossing T's this first week of November. What do you gals think? I could babble on about this one for days. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think like I was talking about earlier, you know, how Libra is the consensus model, you know, where you check with everybody and find out everybody's voices. But then you've got Saturn and Capricorn, which is the authoritarian. And yeah. so it's this sense of the, the tension between the two. And we're seeing this play out worldwide. It's like, you know, why are the authorities doing this? They're doing it their way. They're not thinking of everybody else. And that's been a real theme for what's been going on for a lot of 2020. And I feel like at this stage, it may come to a head. So not sure what will happen globally, but definitely personally, it's that sense of where are we holding on to the strict the strict structures of our lives too much? And where can we bring in some different thoughts and different ideas and perhaps in a collaboration with others to get a different viewpoint on what we're doing and whether or not what we're holding on to too strongly um, is actually holding us back or is causing the delays or is, is causing us to just stay stayed and somber and sober where um you know mercury and libra is like okay well let's let's check the pulse of the room let's see what everybody else is doing and and discover more and and bring that in but it is that kind of okay well how can we meet in the middle with all of this so the structures you do like to build in your life in those capricorn areas are still honored but you can bring in something fresh and something new and something different especially because this is coming to the end of the retrograde cycle it's like well, what have you learned in the last six weeks as this has all been going retrograde what is it that you've understood about Scorpio and Libra this area of your chart that's helping make informed decisions in this area too so 
Yeah. What about you, Cass? Yeah, I guess it really feels like the Mercury station is enduring. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there's, it's not just like Mercury stopping and getting back up to speed. It's like almost like a week of Mercury uh, station intensity because of that ongoing square to Saturn Mm -hmm. and the fact that it, it hits it twice. So it's almost like, if you think about like, you know, submitting some homework or an assignment or some piece of work or whatever, it's like, no, go back and fix it up. And, but Mercury is chomping at the bit because it wants to gather speed and get back on track. But there's this feeling of like, maybe like doubling over what you thought was already okay or what had already gone through or what was already agreed upon. But it's like, you know, Saturn kind of like really holding ground and really holding Mercury to task. Um, and so there is this feeling here that it couldn't almost be like the longest retrograde state or sorry, station direct, direct in, his, in history. You know what I mean? It's like, did the deal come through or did it not? Like, is it going to happen or is it not? Or is there some other criteria I have to meet or do I not? You know, it's just sort of like really, like if you're doing something in your life that requires getting your ducks in a row, it, this week is going to realize like maybe I actually need more ducks or, you know, whatever the thing is. There's this is really this feeling of the station just being so drawn out. Um there that it could really feel quite tough you know particularly at those cardinal crunch degrees as well yeah that's a really good point Cass because it's such an intensification isn't it around 25 26 Libra Capricorn where this square is going to play out and the station's going to happen and it does like you're so inspiring with what you're saying there Cass it feels like there's a lot of checks and balances you know we need to go through the checklist and then oh the checklist has been updated so now we have to go back and that idea of trying to create an agreement or get a decision about something and that being delayed. So, you know, in terms of clarity around exactly is it this or is it that, it feels like probably having to wait until after Mercury clears the second square to Saturn at the very least, and that's not till November 6th. Yeah. Cool. So it's sort of like, yeah, the... The Mercury retrograde, sorry, the Mercury direct station, but it always feels like a continual of the retrograde just because of the nature of what's going on there, the back and yeah. forwarding with Saturn hitting the wall and then going back and trying again and hitting the wall again. Yeah. Yeah. Although I, I do remember you making the point, I think not last episode, the episode before, that this is happening conjunct speaker. So mm. there is that sense that there might be some protection. The result could be good. Yeah. There might be, and it might not fit, even though it's delayed, it might be like you can actually see the point of the delay and and why you want to delay it. Like I know I was in a strategy session recently and we thought we'd get it all done within, you know, a certain window and we were, there's no way (laughs) that it was going to happen. So it's continued and it's continued, but it's definitely a much better strategy now that we've that the extra time has been put into that. So even though it's been delayed, we can see the point of it and the richness of it. So mm. there might be that sense of it too. Yeah, and I'm just wondering too, like because, you know, in Australia as well as the US, it's like 
stimulus package talks and more assistance are kind of like on the table and then they're off the table. Then they're back on the table and then they're on again. And this might be the week where, you know, a choice gets made or, you know, a continuation of those themes that have been leading up into this aspect might sort of play out or a final decision comes about. Um, and it may not, with the speaker component, it may not be what we would like or what would be ideal, but it, it's, it might be enough to at least, you know, uh, add a little bit of benefit to that dryness or things being really thin on the ground with Saturn and Capricorn. Mm. Yeah. Oh. So... <laughs> I like that point, Cass. Yeah, I'm just thinking because Mercury in some ways, you know, we always talk about Mercury aspects as like giving another planet a megaphone and Mercury Saturn is like, what does Saturn want to tell us? And Saturn in Capricorn is very much like, what is the message from the organizing body or the authority body or the governmental body? And then not getting a clear message because of the way the dynamic's playing out. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. Look, Mercury will be in, back into Scorpio just a few days after this. So <laughs> we'll just It'll get better again. Yeah. Things uh, speed pretty quickly after. It's just like, yes. yeah, just sit tight. Well, and I'm just thinking about like, you know, what, what in our personal lives do we do with this aspect? And I'm like, I think it's mm. a play it safe, mm. you know, don't count your chickens before they hatch kind of thing. It's a conservative, like, what are the priorities? Like, I do see square aspects as like adjustments and a little bit of choice making, you know, this yeah. or that. Mm. And you can take your time deciding, but really think deeply or do some research, gather some data that helps you make your decision. What do you girls think? Like if in your personal lives, like individuals, for instance. I think it, it's also, you know, one of the things I like about Mercury Saturn aspects is goal setting. You know, mm -hmm. it's looking at the long term and, and seeing yep. what's possible beyond this period of time. But it's taking the time to really do it and to check the facts. And, you know, like you were talking about earlier, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. It's like, for example, if you're setting financial goals, you've got to look at where you are right now to be able to set goals for the future and have a look at your budgets and, you know, do all the spreadsheets. So you're getting into the mercury details of things, but it's so that you can make a long-term strategy. So yeah. wherever this falls in whatever area of your chart, it's like, okay, get into the details, try to understand, collect all the information together um, and, and then set those targets for whatever period of time you want to. But you can't just random willy-nilly pull a figure out of the air because it's not going to work. Yes. What about you, Cass? Yeah, one of my things is um, you can't change what you don't track. So, um, you know, we talked about We've this before, Lee. <laughs> 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 Half so, an hour ago. So, <laughs> So just so, um, just to share with everybody, like <laughs> I like to eat a certain way and train a certain way and I have Mercury, you know, Gemini rising with Mercury in the first house. So it's like when it comes to my body, it's like it's numbers, numbers, numbers. And it's like, well, if you, that's, you know, calories in, calories out. Like it's kind of energy balance. And so, you know, we've had all probably as much as we're happy to deal with with Saturn and Capricorn. You know, we're at the end almost 
of the Saturn and Capricorn road. So this could be a really good opportunity to reflect back on the last few years, track your progress, you know, whether it's, you know, diet and exercise, whether it's life goals, whether it's financial, whether it's a career plan, or maybe it's a home and family, domestics, you know, children, whatever your you know, last three years has been about for you, it's a really good time to put your Mercury mind or write it down or have the conversation with your partner. Like, what what have we achieved over this last three years or what have I achieved over the last three years? And, you know, using those, you know, what's gone good and what's not gone so good and what can be improved upon, where can we tighten things up or what do we need to change, like moving into Saturn and Aquarius. And in working with clients, I often, you know, these aspects have come up and I said, this is really your time to rewrite your rule book in whatever area does need to kind of, you know, be pushed a little bit beyond Saturn's ring. So, and I I do really think that on the personal level, because this is the drawn out station and the drawn out square, we have been given that, um, the Saturn benefit of time to really think Mercury about this and where do we want to move forward next month when Saturn gets out of Capricorn. (laughs) (laughs) Just another dance for you guys. I love it. I mean, all the dancing. Yeah. And I think one last thing that I was thinking of when you were talking, we've talked about this, I think a lot last year, actually, about Saturn and Capricorn being where we say no, where we hold our boundaries. Mm -hmm. And this can be that message, that conversation where we're learning to say no even more strongly or because of our Mercury retrograde, we've been reflecting on, hey, what do I want? What's going in internally for me? And then allowing that to inform a conversation where we're like, Mm -hmm. sorry, I don't like that or sorry, that doesn't work for me. Uh, I'm not available for that. I think that's that's your beautiful moon in Libra um, bitch crafting there, Cass. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not available for that. Or, you know, in the more satin terms, it's, you know, what they teach kids, kids at school, stop, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, simple. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Cool. Uh, yeah. Clear choices. Yeah. Yep. Clear eyes, full hearts. Um, anybody else watch Friday Night Lights? Is that the one with like Connie Britton in it? Yep. I couldn't get into it. Are I love seriously? Connie Britton. <gasps> and I oh also God, love the guy even. in it. What's yes. his name? I can't remember his name, but love him. Kyle something. But Kyle he Chan. was in another show no. called Bloodline, and that was brilliant. But Netflix didn't continue it. Hmm. I obviously I don't it. watch enough Netflix. <laughs> this no was idea years what ago. It's a while ago. Years yeah. ago. Oh, okay. um, yeah. I watched that series in like 2016. Yes. Uh, I still Kyle had a small Chandler child. and Connie Britton. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, that was when I was living out in the middle of nowhere and had no internet access. So <laughs> that Bloodline that. was great. Mm. Yeah. Well, Friday Night Lights was also great, but not for you maybe. <laughs> get into it see this is it we're agreeing to disagree um <laughs> right but we Perfect. love the people in it exactly we both and agree I, that connie britain's amazing and i loved her in nashville i <gasps> love that yeah nashville was the best the best i actually haven't watched the last beat where they you know um where she left the show and her character got killed i didn't i couldn't watch that yeah but what was the guy in that show um 
Oh, you loved the guy. I um, did. What was his name? Deacon. Deacon. <laughs> I loved that character. I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Just a bit rough around the yeah. edges. Anyway. Um, so on that <laughs> note. <laughs> <laughs> so so well, on insights that note. into Kelly Surtees. <laughs> what do you guys well, like? Who the, did you like from that, that show? Which guy did you guys like? Oh, that's a good question. Didn't you didn't. It. You didn't watch it. Okay, so at least she's not participating in this. I love the cowboys and the pickup trucks, you know, because we don't call them pickup trucks here. But I loved the kind of rough and like. Yeah, we call them utes. Utes. (laughs) You beauts. It's not just a ute, it's a ute. In the back of the in the back of the Hilux, is that what they're called? Hilux something. Anyway. Yeah, the Navarra. Plus, some of the cowboys in that show were a bit pretty boy cowboys. It's really hard for me. Anyway, it's hard to remember, I know. Not enough sword fighting and blood, I think. So I couldn't really get into anyone on that show. Uh, the Last Kingdom, another story, but we could save that for another episode okay. if anybody wants oh my to Lord. learn about that. They might have learned too much about us already today. Um, <laughs> so talking about this, what have you guys got coming up other than watching Netflix? Oh, watching Netflix. Okay. Well, The Crown's coming up. <laughs> yes. We'll be talking about be the watching. royal family and their charts mm-hmm. um, next up. Um, again, the Breaking Down the Borders conference is coming up for me this weekend. Uh, so you're more than welcome to sign up. So you can just pick lectures. You don't have to buy the whole package. That's the beauty of it. So um, astrology conference, was it, Leishi? I think, org? yeah, of astrologyconference.com. Yeah. Um, com. It'll be in the show notes. What about you, Kel? Have oh, you got anything happening yeah, now? Yeah, no, the first week of November is an off week for me. It's a break week for my husband at his work, so we'll be st- be chilling. Um, I, I, we were planning to go away, but obviously that's not a thing right now. Um, so we'll just be laying low. But it will. it's the first week of the month, so my monthly membership will be going out to subscribers. That goes out on the first of the month to everybody. You get five videos, two PDFs. Basically, you get every piece of info you need to manage every aspect for the month ahead. So if you're interested in something more like that, you can pop over to my website and just hit Get Your Monthly Guide in the top right-hand corner and find out all the info and, and how to sign up if you're interested. So, yeah, I'll be doing some teaching again, starting mid-November. So I'll talk about that in our next show. Cool. And you've even got an app for your monthly insights, don't you, Kel? Yes. Actually, I keep forgetting to tell people about that. Yes, you can find um, Kelly's monthly, Kelly's Astrology monthly guide or monthly subscription in the App Store on Apple and in Google Play. So, yes, you Woo-hoo. can actually sign up by your phone. You don't even need to come to my website. <laughs> very Thanks, technologically advanced. Well, so you're yes. in Taurus. <laughs> very, isn't it, just... <laughs> Um, there was a lot of help. I did not actually do the technical side of things. I just do the astro. That's my jam. Which is so, so good. Yeah. It should be. Thank yeah. you, darling. You too. Yeah. What have you got coming up, Leish? Um, I am actually going to be starting teaching. I am going to be doing a four-week course on uh, intro to astrology, so starting with the planets. So that's going to be running from the 19th of November um, and then that will continue then again in the new year. So, yeah, head over to my website to sign up for that or find out more details. And I think that's about it really. If you are in my New Moon workshops, don't forget to go and download your Taurus Full Moon Meditation and Ritual as well to help you along with that one. So, yeah. Yay. Well, thanks for Look the chat, girls. Okay. And um, 
everybody who's been listening along, we love your comments. So, you know, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're podcasting, you know, please feel free to let us know what you think and how all of this is happening for you. And subscribe, like, share, do all the things. Um, Yeah, and we hope to see you next fortnight. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.